0: 20,000 years, 10 times your fucking Christian era, the skins and the wolves, the great hunting nations lived together, nature in balance, then the slaughter came, the smartest ones, they went underground, into the new wilderness, your city, into the great slum areas, the graveyard of your fucking species, these great hunters became your scavengers, your garbage, your abandoned people,
1: became their new meat
0: animal, animals, are you sure, Wilson, they might be gods, in their eyes, you are the savage.
2: You got your technology but you lost, you lost your senses.
3: Hello and welcome once again to episode 90. Episode 90, almost to 100 people. I hopefully get there fast. Of the Sudden Beef Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill. And with me tonight is X. How you doing, sir?
4: Doing good, everybody. Happy to be beefing. Even though I probably don't really have a beef this week.
3: Ah, uh, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> it's,
4: sometimes it's good
3: to be happy about stuff, you know.
4: Sometimes I have delayed beef. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know. I'm getting older. I guess that shit happens.
3: Oh, definitely. Well, the beef and the, and the, and the shitting and the delayed shitting, you know.
4: Right, right. Or I could just get a beef wet. <laughs> <laughs> that was an off-air conversation, people. That you guys should look
3: up one time. <laughs> oh my god. And with us tonight, and back again, if you guys are sick of him from the last episode, that's just too fucking bad, man. From the Theme Warriors, Rad Radio, and the Evil Episodes Podcasts, Mr. Mike Merriman. How you doing, sir?
5: Going, it's going well, it's hot as hell, and I didn't have a beef until I saw Eli Roth's Death Wish remake trailer.
3: I didn't watch it, I didn't watch it! <laughs> I decided against it.
5: <laughs> I, 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 was, I was only half angry, and then the ACDC kicked on, and I was like, what the fuck?
3: Was it Big Gun from The Last Action Hero?
5: Uh, no, but that would have made it a, at least a little better if it was that song.
3: Well, if they, played, if they played sync to Pink, the whole rape aspect would have been way off. So, it's, Oh, my God. Uh, sorry, people. That was a dirty joke. They probably shouldn't have went. For, so if you're a rape victim, I apologize. But that's all they sing about is pussy and blowing shit up. So don't blame me. Blame ACDC, you know.
4: <laughs> oh my what song God. was it? What song was it? I, it? I watched it, but I didn't listen to it.
5: I'm pretty sure because it was earlier today that I saw it. I'm pretty sure it was Back in Black. Like, like The Most <laughs> Generic of All ACD's. That's so lame.
3: I saw a picture, all, all I saw was a picture of him wearing like that that face scarf that that Tim mm-hmm. Allen was wearing in Wild Hogs if you've seen that film, you know. <laughs> yes. Like he's out for death or something, but he's really a, a milk toast suburbanite biker, and uh who's <laughs> a crazy Republican who, yeah, whatever. Last man standing. He used to watch you, glad you're canceled. Don't push your fucking polit- politics on me on, on nighttime TV, peoples. You know. But um with that, I will ask
5: Mike, what you been watching lately, Mike? Been watching all sorts of shit. Um, I got a upcoming appearance on the Slice and Dice Dreadcast, for, so I've been watching Child's Play one and two to get prepared for that. Nice, lucky, lucky me, Child's Play two because I own the first one, but the second one happened to be on a movie channel last night so at the last second before i fell asleep i hit record on that so i'll be watching that coming up um what else have i been watching i'm about to watch uh annabelle for the first time only because the, the oh. annabelle creation getting like good reviews so uh,
3: i don't think you need to watch that movie to watch annabelle
4: creation no 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 it's fine It's fine dude just don't.
3: i've
5: heard you don't have to but just don't it's bad for you man it's queued up. I just it's, am like... It's going to hurt your soul,
3: okay? <laughs> I hate, I hate uh, to say uh, they wasted an Alfre Woodard performance, but they wasted an Alfre Woodard performance in that movie, okay?
5: <laughs> I watched a bunch of movies that take place underwater for the la- latest Theme Warriors. Which I got I to watch a couple of those. Too. <laughs> well, I watched four. <laughs> One of them was decent. <laughs> <laughs> um
3: <laughs> I gotta watch the musical one with Richard Dreyfuss. I gotta watch that one.
4: Yeah, you do.
5: <laughs> Other than that, just a bunch of T V really. Uh uh The Mist, Blood Drive, Sci Fi's got their Shark Week going on. Yes, they do, which it culminates in Sharknado five later this week. Um What else? What 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 just wrapped up? I'm trying oh yeah. You know what I've I've been watching, I'm about six episodes into it which is really good is the it's a new netflix series called ozark with uh, jason bateman i heard good things oh uh, jason bateman's awesome in it uh um some people say it's a cross between breaking bad and fargo but i would cross out fargo and say more breaking bad and Lilyhammer. if you ever watch lily hammer
3: yep little stevie man it's good shit
5: yeah kind of like a fish out of water story but in the Ozarks instead of uh, where was that Norway? Yes. Yeah. And,
3: and yes, I still call him Little Stevie Van Zant because you know my my devotion to the E Street Band.
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so. <cool. laughs> so yeah, I would definitely recommend watching Ozark.
3: Not Bruce Springsteen so much by himself, but the E Street Band's the shit. You know. Oh yeah. Richard before oh.
4: or after Clarence Clemens?
3: Uh, before, obviously. <laughs>
4: Okay, just making, like, sure, making sure, making sure.
3: Just, just like crying in the microphone, you know?
5: Oh, yeah, I'll well, also watch Spinal Tap because we just recorded Rad Radio the other night. Excellent. The latest episode. So, <coughs> nothing, it, Spinal it, Tap's always good.
3: Were you Spinal Tap Virgin or did this time around? No,
5: I, I'd seen it before, okay. but it's, it's been a while since I watched it start to finish, and yeah, it's damn good.
3: It is fucking
4: amazing. Oh, my God.
3: So as they say mime is money, Ask what you been watching, man.
4: Finally got to check out The Void, which is on Netflix, and that's fucking fantastic. How many times? There's, uh let's see, twice so far. Okay. I
3: thought you watched it like <laughs> six times while you were talking about it.
4: <laughs> no, not kinda of felt like it, but no, I mean really I want. it that's just it's so good. It's so dark and it has so many physical effects and no CGI. And it made me happy, very, very happy with all the sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree, it's really good. Yeah, it's some good shit. Finally, uh, pulled the trigger on Train to Busan this afternoon. Uh, you know, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. It's it's one of those things where it's like you can pretty much tell how everything is going to pan out from the very beginning. You know, it's like, oh, this fucker's going to die. Uh, this person's not going to die right away, but probably third act, he's out of here. So it's it's pretty simple to, to figure out. It's telegraphed like hell. Um, but yeah, it's worth a watch. Even with some really dodgy CGI, it's worth a watch. Um, did I talk about Fortitude the last show? No. Okay, because everybody who's listening to this needs to watch Fortitude. Two seasons of it on Amazon. Season three, not in production yet. Holy crap, what an incredibly great and weird show. I, 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 it's a Swedish show. I don't want to say too much about it because each episode just gets stranger and stranger. But season one features Stanley Tucci, and season two features Dennis Quaid. There's so,
3: a couple of winners there, man. See,
4: yeah, man, totally, totally worth watching. It's It's insane. I loved it.
3: Tucci, yeah, that'll be on the next Guilty Pleasures episode, you know, my my love for the Devil Wears Prada for no good reason, you know.
4: <laughs> that's, le- that's legit. Yes.
3: I love assertive women, I can't help these things, you know. <laughs> I let them tell
4: me what to do. Oh, I'll send you a picture of Meryl Streep and a ball gag. Oh yeah,
3: that, that, that turns There
4: you out. go. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: Anything else, sir? Nah, that's pretty much it. How about you, man?
3: Oh, me. I've been binge-watching Gotham, because I'm behind on it, and let me tell you, that that, that that Bruce Wayne's gonna be an angry young man someday, and it's, it's, uh, they're gonna do Batman in season four, which I don't know how they're gonna pull that off, but I guess I have to finish watching season three to see how the hell that's gonna tie in. They're taking a lot of big steps, like they're doing like the Council of Owls, they're, going, uh, they're doing over deep cuts in this, this, Batman, this Batman series. And um, for, for for some reason, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to see where it's going to go. I think it's going to end up with with the Penguin. I haven't finished watching season three, but for some reason, they made Penguin by Curious. Because the actor that plays Penguin, Robin Lord Taylor, is a, is a homosexual person. And he's a very nice fella. I've met him before. And he's falling for Mr. Edward Nigma, who's, of course, anybody who knows, he, he becomes the Riddler. For right now, he is not the Riddler, but he has Riddler, <laughs> Riddler-like tendencies. But um,
4: why is why is he bi curious? Who hasn't had a bike?
3: I, no, not in that sense. In the sense of he he likes Edward Nigma and I don't think he's gonna like him back. I'm to that point of the show, and you know, still likes chicks and, be- oh, okay.
4: and, and, oh, and,
3: and burying oh. him in the woods because he's fucking psychotic, you know.
4: I thought there was some kind of weird motocross subplot going on. No,
3: nothing like that. I haven't seen nobody get on a a motorbike all Star Trek Beyond-like and with the Beastie Boys playing in the
4: background. (laughs) That's a damn shame.
3: No, it's it's not, because it's kind of amazing. And I I will say that that last Star Trek film was probably one of the best ones there's ever been. But uh, that's just this this man's opinion. But um, Gotham's great. You can watch the first two seasons on Netflix if you guys ever want to try to catch up with the show it has got some weird timeline issues, like Bruce, Bruce Wayne's a boy, but they're using cell phones, so that's kind of confusing. So you don't know quite what year it is or something. I, I, I don't know where they're going with this, but I know I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing. I, I love that the Mad Hatter's a thing in this season. They, they managed to pull that off and to get a guy who looks just like Russell Brand, but it's not Russell Brand, to play him. But
4: <laughs> My favorite thing about Gotham is that if you look at it the right way, it's just got ham. Yeah, exactly. Which is which is
3: not a bad thing either, unless you're oh, yeah. a vegan or a Muslim or, or Jewish, and you know, <laughs> well, a, a devout Jew. Because I know lots of Jewish folks who eat bacon, and God bless those people. Because you know, the pig rules, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But um, what else? I, I've watched a, uh, I watched Cage. I want to bring this up because Vanessa McHenry recommended I, I watch Caged, which is a, nineteen is from nineteen fifty. It's a women women in prison movie starring Agnes Moorhead... It's like the evil, evil prison guard nurse ratchet type bitch. It's it's all about a woman who got caught up with her her gangster husband, and her gangster husband got killed, and of course she was an accessory, so she had to go to the big house with the women, and of course she she has trouble life adjust, trouble uh, trouble adjusting the life in prison, because whatever else seemed like really chummy orange is the new black type prisoners, except for like one. If you watch *Orange Is the New Black*, you could tell that they took a lot of cues from this movie because you have the rich lady that comes in, who's like tries to run the show, and that happens like in the last season of *Orange*, not the one we're in now, but the one before that one. And um, you have like the, of course, the 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 tough one that runs the show. And anyway, it 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 ends kind of hilariously. Like, well, she'll be back because, of course, she gets out of prison, but she goes right back in her old lifestyle again, supposedly. And but the film itself. It's um, it takes a lot of big steps for 1950. Pretty pretty ballsy stuff. Pretty pretty with with the subject matter, and uh, I I'd recommend watching it if you guys can get your hands on it. And uh, yeah. And uh, besides that, I decided to, in a totally unrelated uh thing, I decided to dive into some action movies. And um, I gotta find the title of this other one, but I watched uh Boyka Undisputed Four on Netflix, and that that Scott Atkins is a. Uh, quite a powerhouse as an action star, and he, he really, you know, he's the most complete fighter in the world. You know, he fucking just beat the fuck out of people in this movie, and just to save this, this guy that he killed in The Ring's wife for, from her debt to these gangsters, and, of course, it ends with him fighting their champion at the end. This guy probably is a foot taller than Scott and probably outweighs him, but, of course, Scott prevails,
4: and... Boyka is the winner, and she is free. And, uh, yeah. Uh, how the we, hell do you have three sequels to a movie called Undisputed?
3: Well, they're, they're, well the key is that the, the three sequels are unrelated to the Wesley Snipes and, uh, and Bing Rames film.
4: But they should still be, all be called Disputed. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know okay i'm uh, sorry i'm uh, reading too much into this i
3: i I, th- I think i think maybe you slightly are but i'm not sure exactly but you know
5: if they just t- change the name to disputed then you could keep having them
4: that's right i think they disputed did... again dispute harder
5: <laughs> and then finally like the final one in the franchise is undisputed
4: yes that's see and that's my thinking again it's late i'm awake so i'm um, <laughs> Just going to say shit like this throughout the rest of the show. Enjoy it, everyone. Oh,
3: exactly. You de- definitely enjoy. Yes, have some. You know, uh, Yes, have some. Oh, my God. And I watched one more film that I'm looking for the title of right now, so it shouldn't take very long. Starring the great Don the Dragon Wilson. He, he's he's older now, obviously. But he's in a movie called Death Fighter, which uh, John, John Cross tells me the movie took, like, four or five years to get released or something. Something about drug dealers and in, in in the in the jungle or something. And Cynthia Rothrock is in it, but she's supposed to be like the the henchman for the main bad guy and she's woefully underused and it's it's like your classic, like PM entertainment type film where it had a really low budget, but the martial arts is really good throughout, so if you like that kind of thing, uh the Dragon and Miss Cynthia Rothrock have a, a fight, a one on one fight at the end, and they look like they're having a lot of fun with each other, as far as like fighting each other, like giving little little bumps to each other and stuff. So if you like, you know, cheesy action movies that that are not really expensive action movies, I, I'd say go check out Death Fighter. You might I think I seen on Amazon for like seven fifty for the D V D. So it would be a... Sounds I'm sorry, go ahead.
4: Sounds like it was directed by Andy Sidaris's ghost.
3: No, it wasn't that extreme. We, uh. we, we all hope for Sidaris quality, you know, explosions and boobies and RC cars that have bombs on them. You know, <laughs> we, we all hope to reach that level in our lives, you know, but Mr. Sidaris was one of a kind and he's no longer with us, so Godspeed, Andy Sidaris, you know. Indeed,
5: indeed. But, um, besides that,
3: I haven't
2: watched a ton... Else, L-
5: oh. but I'm sorry. Oh. oh, I was gonna say El Ray Network. Uh, I think about last week and they were having an American Ninja Marathon. I had that on in the background, forgetting how the greatness of those movies with unlimited henchmen and ninja suits just showing up out of everywhere. Every every scene, they just come running up to uh, the main character like totally. It's like he's doing anything, and then just like five ninjas randomly show up.
3: Gotta get that Dutikov kid, man.
4: And Steve Williams is like always on a roof for some reason. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait, waiting,
3: waiting to help his friend. You gotta love that man. Waiting to help his buddy. You know, shit. I'm gonna get on the roof. And Then he, uh. get, then he gets him and say, "Thanks, black man servant. You're welcome, there, right. you, buddy." <laughs>
4: That's why I'm here. <laughs> exactly.
3: Thanks, not Stephen Williams. Yes, <laughs> Stephen Williams should be in most things, but he's not, and that, that makes me sad. But uh, I'll end my little schmeel there. And uh, we go down to our next segment, which is the inevitable beef, bitches, and mashed potatoes segment.
0: Okay, who gets the burly beef?
4: Uh, I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't he order gets a fries.
0: Mine's the Junk Deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? <laughs> I
1: heard
3: that Michael, what is your beef this week, sir?
5: Um, I brought it up already. The the Death Wish, not Death Wish trailer. Eli Roth, why are you even calling it Death Wish? Um, There's really no need. You could make a Vigilante movie that has nothing to do with using that name, and no one would care. Um, But that trailer screams anything but Death Wish. Um, I mean, unless you think Death Wish is so vague that it just covers any guy getting revenge. It looks more like Bruce Willis' Punisher than Death Wish. But, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not really that surprised. <laughs> but, uh, other than that, I, I don't think. I mean, the, the Mist TV show is kind of uh, becoming annoying at the lack of monsters in the Mist. It's like. Is this show supposed to be an adaptation of The Mist, or is this show should it just be called A Foggy Day?
3: Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think most Stephen King adaptations have lost their minds by now. You know, there are people losing their minds over this, this It movie, and then people are saying that this Dark Tower film isn't very good, but yet they're going to have a television series. Yeah. I, I, I think that you know maybe they should see how their movie does first, and then Greenlight greenla- a they, television series.
5: I think they withheld... Uh... Dark Tower from uh, press screens, too, which is never a good sign.
3: I heard they're tested so poorly with, 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 with test audiences.
5: I'm not surprised.
4: It, uh... Well, let's do a little up-to-the-minute check on the Dark Tower, pulling up Rotten Tomatoes, right now. Not that Rotten Tomatoes is really the thing you should be looking at when choosing which film to see. Oh, yeah, that's at an 18% on the tomato meter or tomato murder. Tomato murder murder? <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. Tomato. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. You it say is. tomato meter, I say tomato meter. Let's mm-hmm. call the whole thing off. <laughs>
3: that I hate I love I love when they bring this up. Oh, this website's bringing the industry down. No, your shitty movies are bringing the industry down. You know. in releasing them. I, I hate this. is why I hate summer. The fact that the, this gives me a boner like you wouldn't believe the kids are going back to school again cuz my matinees will be safe again. Yeah. But um <laughs> the fact they say that this website's going to bring down the industry is like no, you you releasing your movies week after week. Your blockbuster after blockbuster and not giving the other movies a chance to make money is what bring, is bringing your, your film your film down, your film mm-hmm. industry down. Exactly. I mean, there used to be, like, one big movie, and then, like, three weeks later, another one would come out. And, like, three weeks later, another one would come out. But there would be minor ones in between. But, you know, there is fall and winter as well. Your films would make just as much money then as they would during the summertime. And call call me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> just a, I like going to the movies all year round myself. Just, just, oh my God. Anything else, Mike, you want to talk about, brother?
5: No, I think that about covers it.
4: Okay. X? I don't really have any beefs, but I do want to mention that Where the Dark Tower sits at 18% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, with 14 reviews. Annabelle Creation sitting pretty at 100%. Mm. So, I guess that does kind of bring up a question. Why is the trend lately that sequels to horror movies are better than the original horror movies? Well, they, they see the mistakes they made and so, other, is that what it is? Uh, other filmmakers,
3: because it's not the same filmmaker, I can almost guarantee it.
4: Oh, no, it's not. Yeah,
3: it took that idea and made it better, like, like Ouija 2.
4: Yes, precisely my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I just, I just think that's really interesting especially since horror usually gets such a terrible rap you know but 100 yeah. percent for animal creation and no rating for the nut job two nutty by nature what is going on <laughs> people
3: people no. care about that like they care about you know avatar sequels and such
4: oh man yeah. you're know, up to five alpha and omega cartoons now holy shit That's a franchise I want to dig into. Yeah, but
3: they did those right. They put those on video after the first one. (laughs) They did those right as far as marketing goes. It's like, here, kids, here's something your mother, your mommy and daddy could Redbox for you, or an Amazon (laughs) rental, instead of dragging you to whiny fucking children to the movie theater and you know, let's watch it at home, which is how I prefer to watch my Alpha Alpha and Omega movies, because you know, just wolves hanging out with each other. Jesus. Anything, anything's better than watching Sir Patrick Stewart play the shit emoji in a movie. That's, that's, this, that's just me, you know. i a, a, a member of the Royal Shakespearean Theater Company. Uh, yeah. No. Just no. They got a story about some guy jerking off at the theater while watching it. I, I don't know if he was jerking off to the movie or if he was trying to think of with some kids or something. I don't know, but the emoji movie's bad, people. It's bad, bad for you. It's... it's <laughs> It's bad for America, you know? So, you know, shit happens. Patrick, uh, Patrick Stewart. So. Bunch of animated faces just screaming, we're number two, we're number two. I get that it's a poop joke. I get it, I get it, okay? You know? We are a little smarter about him back in our days, though, you know? It's just uh... a... <laughs> Man. Anything else, X? Uh,
4: that's it. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Choking on water. That's okay.
3: That not, enough if you, not if you choked on water. It's just, you know bubbles. <laughs> uh me myself. Um I guess my my beef would be like uh automotive, I guess, cuz we we don't currently down to one car and that sucks, you know, but uh what else? There's 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 not much stuff to really complain about cuz it's uh summer is almost over and there's a lot of good stuff that's going to come out of the fall which makes me really happy. Like, you know, in genre TV that I'll talk about more of on this fucking program until the end of fucking time cuz I'm a nerd, and nerds do that. So, but um, yeah, I I, I can't stand our, our our president this transgender thing, cause I have a friend that I, I used to record with, and hopefully get back in the saddle again with this person. Uh, the 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 you know that you know is the bird, but is now legally named Hawk. Uh, that person is transgender. I don't know. That sounds like a like a really insulting that person. Well, I don't know what to call the I don't know what to call the Hawk, which is very difficult as a friend to Hawk. To, which pronouns to use as, to, as a transgender, which not to offend anybody, you know. And, and I know we're living in a crazy PC culture about where something might offend somebody, and I'm I'm sure the hawk wouldn't be offended if I called the hawk something else. It's just it's like a slip of the tongue that I don't want to do, yeah, out of respect for that person. And uh yeah, you see, he's gone crazy, and I think the military branches are basically saying, hey, yeah, you have gone crazy, because. I don't see them calling anybody back about this whole banning the trans people in the military. And, um, it's uh, really a really strange thing. I've, I've always, I have to say, I've always endorsed the, the LBGT in a couple more le- <laughs> in a couple more letter communities, because there, there's more letters now, apparently, that I'm forgetting. But you guys get the gist. And, uh, I don't mm. think that, uh, it they, will be that hateful. Especially, you know, some, some of these church folks who are older than that. I don't think your Lord and Savior wants you to be that hateful either to, to, uh, your fellow man or fellow woman or fellow other person, you know. Just stop. You know? <laughs> just don't be a dick. It's a simple it's a simple credo, you know? Oh my god. But um I'm gonna leave it there, you know. They got all political on we're gonna get more political on this show actually, so Yay politics! Because 'cause we're talking some, some urban decay eighties style in this episode. We chose three movies that we thought personify personified that, including a naked Edward James almost in the first film we're going to talk about, which is Wolfen, which you're going to hear about right after this trailer.
0: Orion Pictures presents Wolfen. For centuries, they have been hiding in the rubble of your cities. The concealed threat, the invisible terror.
2: Chris. You me.
0: They can sense the rhythm of your blood. Hear clouds pass overhead. See where you are blind. A force so deadly. It will tear the screen from your throat. Wherever you are, they are.
1: Somewhere in the world, every other day, a corporate executive is assassinated. Team her up with Wilson. Murphy or Mahoney, I'm comfortable with. You're
6: uncomfortable?
1: With surprises. There's not a trace, not a speck of metal. Nothing softer could have ripped and ravaged like this animal. Well, it ain't human. Do you realize how many people disappeared without a trace?
6: Something out there might be eating people.
2: Did you hear that? Yeah! Get, get out of here. What do you think it was? You were
0: being lured. We were being separated. By what? The
2: carnivore. You got yourself some
6: kind of meat eater. Meat eater, meat eater, meat eater. Meat eater, meat eater. What is it? Wolfen. They might be gods.
0: In their eyes, you are the savage. <laughs> Wolfen. Wolfen from
3: 1981. Which is uh, plot synopsis is this? A brutal—I mean, not brutal. A New York cop investigates a series of brutal deaths that resemble animal attacks. There's a lot more to this movie than that, but that's what it says. (laughs) A lot more to it. It stars uh, Albert Finney, who who who's been in a ton of stuff, but he'll always be Daddy Warbucks to me. I I can't help these things, these feelings that I have. As Dewey Wilson, our 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 cop, Uh, Edward James almost as Eddie Holt. Our Indian, Cops and Indians, Gregory Hines as as Whitting, Whittington, I'm sorry, I can't read tonight, see, Tom Noonan as Ferguson, Dick O'Neill as Warren, and there's some other folks in here too, you know.
4: Just not going to mention Diane Verona at
3: all? I don't know who this person is, Diane Verona is Rebecca Neff in this movie, but um, just leave the shit alone, man. <laughs> yeah, this film is basically about, you know, rich folks encroaching on Indian land and Indians, oh, American Indians. How did I get that wrong? I'm sorry, people. But uh, see, I I I enunciate on the how there, you know. But I'm I'm here, so oh, yeah. <laughs> I just want <laughs> to poke a point out my fucking racism there, you know. That's okay. You guys got casinos. You guys are okay. But uh, yeah, they they encroach on their land, tearing down their 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 their, their buildings and uh. Them releasing, literally releasing their spirit animals onto these rich people, and cutting off hands and heads and getting all disgusting. But I'm gonna start with Mike and ask him, what did you think of Wolfen, sir?"
5: Um, this movie was too long, but I <laughs> <laughs> I thought the cast was great, though. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on in this movie. Um, it was it was really cool to see Tom Noonan. In, in the role of, what, I guess, animal expert or predator wolf expert.
3: Never works um, out for him, though.
5: Yeah. Uh, it was nice to see Edward James almost as not uh, a member of the Mexican Mafia in his movie role. Or a math teacher. Um, let's see. You will
4: speak about Commander Adama with respect.
5: <laughs> uh, Gregory Hines. Cool to see him. Haven't seen him around in a while uh yeah i mean i don't know this movie just kind of meanders along i don't know it, the pace just feels slow like they're not a whole lot going on I, I guess the wolves are like the original predators with their night vision goggles or that that cool uh infrared scene we can see anytime the wolfen are running around um i guess that's part of the spiritual power Um, of the wolf and the shapeshifters. Uh, I, I don't know. It just, it, it kind of unfolds really slowly. It kind of reminds me of a movie we just watched on theme wars, uh, Neptune factor where it's like, Oh no, it's (laughs) going, it's going, it's going, it's going. And we kind of get like the reveal to the mystery at the end. And then it's like, okay, we kind of told you what we are and why we're doing it and it's over and it's just like oh okay well it took two hours for that to happen um but i didn't just like the movie it just i would say shave like a half hour maybe off of it um and that would help tighten it up a little bit but um i thought this concept was pretty cool interesting little different take on that sub-genre um but, yeah, I mean, I guess that's it for my initial thoughts.
4: Fair enough. X? Uh, this is some interesting shit, because the only other movie that this director, uh, Michael Wadley, had made was the Woodstock documentary. And then he waited a good 13 years to make another film, and why he chose kind of a urban, spiritual horror film is kind of beyond me. Um, It's beyond the public, too, because Wolfen was not a hit. Uh, It's weird. It's got all the Native American characters, and you've got wolf gods who see things in a kind of polarized infrared predator vision, and... There's a weird obsession in this movie with, like, decapitated heads that still blink and try to move their mouths. And they make a really big fucking deal out of that, too. Hey, do you know that when you cut somebody's head off, the brain can still think for two minutes? And it blinks, and it registers everything it sees. So you can look at your own headless corpse and realize you're dead? Wow, thanks. Is this about wolves? Or <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing here? Um, this is really kind of marketed as a werewolf movie when it came out i know this because i remember it um and really it's just a meta super wolf movie there's no werewolfing here at all so it's just lots of big dogs very uneven film like mike said very strangely paced but you know it's like is it a horror movie is it Albert Finney is just this world-weary cop movie? Is it a tear-down-the-corporations-and-fuck-the-man movie? I don't know, because there's a lot of shit crammed in here. But when it all comes to the end, you know, it just kind of feels like, I don't know, an American Manitou in Manhattan? (laughs) But... It's better than that because Michael Wadley is a really good director. He's just not good with a scripted narrative. He can't tell a story, a fictional story for shit. He had all kinds of storylines going through Woodstock, you know, because he was just dealing with the crowd and kind of a cinema verite uh, fashion. But it's like, here, this is a story based on a book, and we'd like you to stick to this. And he was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can pull this off. And he didn't. So... It's problematic, but it's still worth a watch. I think at least once.
3: Um. Yeah. Me myself. I, I, I enjoy what I saw. It, it, it's not. It's not a, like Mike said. It's, it's a little long. A little long in the tooth, if you will. But uh, if they did shave a little time off, and I I couldn't tell you where those minutes would be, because like like X says, there's so much going on in this movie that y- you wouldn't know where to cut to say to make it what's bad and what's worse I, I I don't know for sure maybe the love making between Albert Finney and our female character i, I don't know for sure but it, it does um I think the score's really good if that means anything to anybody that it, i I think a lot of films are, are driven by the score and that this film pulls that off really well um i, I love the, the the cityscapes I love the the, the, the idea of the reason, I'd imagine the reason why they work on the bridge so much, the, our, our American Indian characters, is so they can get the, the true lay of the city to, to, to look onto the city and, I guess, look for their prey so they're, they're brave star spirit animals and go cut people's heads up and stuff. And uh, like Mike said, Edward James almost is uh, young here and thin and naked and howling and running on the beach, if, if you like that sort of thing. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
4: Golly, who doesn't?
3: Go- golly, who doesn't, man? Um, the the wolf stuff was okay although I think it was revealed way too late that these things are corporeal things that are out there killing people it's just like hey hey I'm I'm gonna go drive away now and try to get away but hey there's a wolf in my back seat how did he get back there I think there's some kind of Indian treachery afoot you know but the true theme of this film is that the white man is evil And you you shouldn't tear down ghetto tenements and leave these people with no place to go. And or you might get attacked by crazy wolfen type spirit animals and get your heads cut off. And your your black manservant getting his hand cut off. And yeah. (laughs) And Albert Finney is really weird with hair, you know. And I think. And accents. And accents, yes. And uh, I. Gregory Hines is is a great character. He's a great character in most films, though, and I, 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 I would wish that he would do the thing that I love in movies where the, the mortuary guy is eating a sandwich, that so he puts the sandwich on the dead body and then continue, continues to eat it, but that I didn't get that payoff in this movie, which, you know, not many films do it, but you can always hope that that, that, that trope that I love so much happens in a movie. Um, like, you could, like, uh, like I said, Noonan a young Noonan is just as good as an old Noonan, but he's wonderfully weird in this movie, and uh, he he dies on a scooter. The poor bastard, and that, that's sad for any man to die on a on a scooter. And
5: yeah, if anyone was going to be spared, I thought it'd be like the Wolf guy.
3: Yeah, who's who's driving very economically and very environmentally consciously by driving on a scooter, and you know, yay, save our planet, invest in some wolfing. To take out your enemies. But I don't have a ton to say about this film, and I'm going to I'm gonna see real fast if there's any interesting points on the IMDb here. And, uh, it says that, um... Dustin Hoffman uh, really wanted to play the role that Albert El- Finney played, but, um, he was rejected for the part, which I think this, this is the time to be a Dustin Hoffman, so I don't know, I think that was kind of messed up there, in my opinion. I don't know what kind of different film it would have been, but, um...
4: Kramer vs. Wolfen. Kramer
3: vs. Wolfen, yes. <laughs> don't take away my Wolfen, baby. You oh. can't have him. Uh, that this is weird. One of the few films that were released theatrically with the Megasound sound system format. If you don't know what this is, Megasound was a theater movie theater sound system created by Warners in the early 80s. It was used to enhance the premiere engagements of a handful of Warner features Theaters equipped for for mega sound had additional speakers mounted to the left, right, and rear walls of the auditorium. Selected soundtrack events with low, with lots of low frequency content, thuds, crashes, explosions, were directed at these speakers at very high volume, creating a visceral effect intended to thrill the audience. That'd be kind of dope, actually. You know, I don't know why it didn't take off because probably for for limited things and probably you had to build your whole score around that. And um, yeah. Well, yeah, there were budgetary concerns, so clearly you only got to see the wolves like one time in the whole movie. But besides that, it was just wolf vision constantly. Uh, I don't see the whole. There's, there's a lot to talk about, and I'm not gonna get into all this stuff. But I'm gonna go back to Mike and ask him, does he, do you want to say anything else about the film, sir?
5: I'll let you know as soon as it's finished. It's still going. <laughs> stop, dude! Stop. <laughs> I think it's an interesting enough concept, that, and different from probably anything you've seen before. That I, I would say, give it a watch. Uh, you know, I I don't think it's all bad. It's just I just think it's a little for for what there is story wise in it. I just think it runs a little too long. But I still think the concepts in it are interesting. Um, the cast, if anything, watch it for the cast and all the different people that pop up that you're going to recognize um, from other. Movies. So, um, what was the original question? Now, now I forgot because I got off on that. Just <laughs> <laughs> whether I should people should watch it or what?
3: Well, yeah, if you recommend it, I'd say yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. I
5: would, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I would recommend watching it just to, uh, you know, say you've seen it before because I had never seen it before watching it for the show. So, fair enough. Uh, X.
4: I think there are a lot of concepts in this film that are just kind of shoved in there so i kind of understand why the running time is what it is so i guess what i'm trying to say is i'm okay with the length but i am uncomfortable with the girth
3: (laughs) open up and say hello to wolfen the Red that Rocket. Of... That was
4: a long way to go for that joke, and I'm not gonna apologize. Nope. So,
3: so, so this film is the Red Rocket of Death, then?
4: It absolutely is. Gotcha. It absolutely is. It is, <laughs> this is the, it is the Johnny Wad of, <laughs> Wolf movies.
3: Because that's the eternal question: Does a Chewbacca have a regular dick, or does it come out of the case like a dog? You know, it's it's it's. it's These are questions that need to be answered, but uh. It's got one of those spiral dicks like a duck. <laughs> I uh, mean myself like i said uh great actors doing their best in this film from from a from a very uh, i'm sorry a very weak script in my opinion. I haven't read the book i i couldn't tell you if the book is better but i i think the film is is held together by its actors and and the the hokiness of it is it it's it very it's very loose with with, this, with the with the its lore and it's logic and it's physics and and everything so I I would hope that in the book they explain more of how the Wolfen are are is able to, are able to do all all the things that they do, and not just saying, oh the white man is tearing down our land, so we have put these things out there, these ancient creatures called Wolfen. Which you get five minutes of exposition with that in a bar, and you either like that or you don't like that. I I I I thought it was okay because that's the only exposition you get that says these things are what they are except for Gregory Hines saying, oh, these are some animal marks right here and you know, just tell you everything and not eating a sandwich in the in the morgue and th- that's fine too. but uh, that's about it. I- I'd say if you haven't seen Wolfen, give it a try it's, it's, like Mike said it's 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 almost two hours long though so you just know what you're in for and and I'll uh, I'm gonna kick at the mic now and tell us what hell have him tell us what his rating is one to ten.
5: um I'm going to give this one. Hmm, that's a good. That's a good thing. That's a. Right, a good question. What would I rate this? Um, I'll go ahead and give it a six, which sounds kind of low, but only because I think it's a little bit of a chore to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really knocking it down, but I, uh, don't don't let that rating scare you off. I still think you should watch it, and I still think that. Uh, you can get on board with what they're trying to accomplish with the movie and the cast is going to make it worth your time. So that's it.
6: Cool.
4: X. I'm not too far behind Mike. I'm going to give this a six and a half. Um, <clears throat> ending's a little bit disappointing. It's a little bit slow, but you get, if you know, if, if you like dogs, this is a great movie <laughs> in the last 20 minutes.
3: Yeah. It, so yeah, six and a half. It takes a while to get there. I agree. And for that reason I'm, I'm right there with the six with Mike like Mike said don't let that stray you from the movie because <laughs> stray dog <laughs> but uh, hey a, hey see but um it's it's enjoyable like I said the cast keeps it together and I, I think that uh, on that reason alone you guys can can sit through this this slog of a movie that has some good stuff in it it just takes it just takes a little bit to get there and yeah. Check it out. Wolfen 1981 if you haven't checked that out yet. But up next, we get to talk about some hobos in the city, baby. It's the Radiation and shit. And Chud from 1984. Right after this. <laughs>
1: For something different in your podcast library Then why not check out the podcast Under the stairs I'm the host Duncan McLeish And joining me each week Will be a special guest As we examine some classic Old school horror favourites As well as some modern classics That's not to say that we don't tackle Some of the, let's say More questionable entries into the horror genre And if all that wasn't enough, we have a subset of shows called Baz V Horror, where our horror novice, the Baz, tackles horror in all shapes and forms to see who will come out victorious. So what are you waiting for? The show can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com and on Stitcher and iTunes. The podcast Under the Stairs is a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. This is Duncan McLeish from Under the Stairs, signing off.
0: city of New York are living catacombs an endless maze of subterranean tunnels unfit for anything human unauthorized for anything experimental
2: Hold it. they moving up ahead at the top
0: and unlikely to bring anyone down there So they're coming up. Chud. Chud. Check your basement and your bathroom. Keep off the street and try to hide. But remember, the dark is their place. The night is their time. And tomorrow, The only things living in the city of New York will be Chud. Chud. Cannibalistic, humanoid, underground dwellers. Chud. They're not staying down there anymore.
4: Welcome back to the Cinema Beef Podcast. We're talking about Chuds, baby. From uh, 1984, here's the IMDb synopsis, which is, as per IMDb, it's terrible. Um, A bizarre series of sudden disappearances on the streets of New York City seems to point towards something unsavory living in the sewers. What the fuck sweet lives in the sewers? Of course it's unsavory. There's nothing good in the sewers. Especially in this movie, because what's in the sewers is literally nuclear waste. And the nuclear waste is changing the homeless people who live underground into monsters, big kind of Gilman-looking monsters with yellow eyes, and they eat people, or at least parts of people. We get to see a lot of, like, half-eaten legs in this movie. But we also get to see uh, John Heard, rest in peace. Yes, indeed. one of his, I think this is one of his better roles actually. I mean, he had more dramatic roles, but he's a little bit nuts in this movie, and that kind of makes me happy. People, not like,
3: people tell me, I mean, all these John Hurt movies that I've never heard of are coming out of the woodwork, and people and tell I, me he's put some dynamite performances in them early performances, and I got to check these out.
5: Not to mention, I think he was still alive when we were originally going to record this yes, episode.
3: So this isn't a proper memorial. So it's it's mm-hmm. he's he's yeah. passed nonetheless. You know. Right.
4: We also get Daniel Stern. Um, yes. And of course, since he's down in the sewers a lot, this is, you know, he's starting his wet bandit career down in the gunk yes. in the mire. Who else is in this? Kim Greest is in this. And she was um, Bill Peterson's wife in Manhunter. Uh, Kim Greest. I'm sorry, not Pam. Kim. Kim Greest. And she um, is very thin. And I think she made an entire career basically on just having... Uh, cheekbones that you could cut through a plate glass window with. So she's not great. She's okay. She's there to look at. But this movie overall is interesting. I think a lot of people talk about Chud without actually having seen it. Yes. And I know that Chud Mm. is kind of part of our vernacular now. Oh, that guy's ugly. That guy's weird looking. What a Chud. You know, (laughs)
3: we
4: we even got that in uh, Weird Science, didn't we? I think so. Yeah, they referenced Chud in Weird Science. So at that point, even just two years later, that was already part of, you know, things that that we were saying. But yeah, I don't think people realize that Chud actually stands for cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. So it's interesting. I think more people probably should see this. I think it has the same problem that Wolfen does, is that it takes a long ass time to get where it's going. You've got a lot of scenes of John Hurd walking up and down the streets, talking to homeless people. You've got (laughs) Daniel Stern in a soup kitchen a lot of the time. Um, And when he's not in the soup kitchen, he's just kind of ranting and raving about shit. It's not until we get down to maybe the last 20, 25 minutes down in the sewers where shit really starts to happen. Movie making has changed so much between then and now back then people were willing to wait for a payoff. And it seems like nowadays, if you don't have something popping every 10 minutes, oh, this movie was slow. This movie was horrible and boring. Um, That's just the way they did shit back then. You know, they, they tried to set up tension and you get the big payoff at the end and you were willing to sit and wait for it. So you better be ready and willing to sit and wait for the payoff on Shud too. When it comes, it's pretty cool. Um, and again this is before we had computer graphic effects so this is all physical effects and the monsters are fucking awesome looking. Um but like I said just it it just it takes a while to get to them. So get you a beer. We're five and buckle in, buddy. Buckaroo. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mike, talk to me about Chad.
5: I'm a fan and I I totally agree that I think Chud has kind of hit that magical uh, pop culture status where people reference Chud itself uh, without much knowledge of the movie or they have memories of the movie being something that it really isn't because I hadn't seen it in a while.
4: I think they and have memories of the trailer. Probably. That's really what I think. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to throw that in.
5: Go ahead. Or they watched the opening scene. And they're like, oh, it's going to be a bunch of that. Um, because there's really a lot less quote-unquote chud action than um, people probably assume. Just because of uh, it's really a movie more you know, unfolding the mystery over the course of the running time. And then in the third act, you kind of get uh, the chuds coming out to play. And then you find out the alternate acronym of chud. And then you figure out who the real bad guys are. It's not the chuds after all. Um, so, <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, not that you're like pitying the chuds when everything's right. exactly said and done. But they they yeah. kind
5: of stepped over their red line too by coming out of the sewers to kill people. Um, even if yeah. they're sympathetic in, in theory, they yeah you can't be doing that. That's, um, be
4: full yeah. paw. That's a faux
5: pas. <laughs> yeah. Fact. Um, I totally forgot that John Goodman had that small part as the cop in the diner as kind of the sleazeball cop. I've been asking for it my whole life. Huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of cool to see. Um, but overall, I, I love the score <clears throat> on this movie. Um, just like the total synth, synth score. Um, it was, it matches perfectly for a movie like this. And man, if there is one thing like the movies that we're talking about tonight do as like if you're seeing these movies as a youngster you you never want to travel into the city because it's 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 horrible at night and it's really not that great during the day either um you know you you don't want any part of going downtown uh so <laughs> <laughs> downtown's a horrible evil place with wolfins and chuds And, uh, criminals and Robocops, which we'll (laughs) talk about in a little while. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I've always liked Chud. Um, I, I watching it for the show is the first time I've seen in a while. It kind of gave me a new appreciation for it and put in a, a little better perspective of what is actually going on in the movie. Um, as opposed to like a memory from seeing it on late night TV as a kid, still like it just acknowledging that it's a little bit different from my memory and what probably a lot of people think it is, but I still think it's really good. So, Chud. Chud.
3: Chud. Gary? Uh, me Chud. Mes- Chud. Yes, Chud. No, me, myself, I think the folks that don't like Chud, th- th- this this particular film, are the people that saw Chud 2 first and thought it was really stupid. <laughs> um, well- <laughs> I don't think... I, although I, although Chud 2 is a really dumb movie that has nothing to do with this movie whatsoever. It's just in, in name alone. It, uh, I, I enjoy that, that kind of stupidity. But this is this is a whole different animal. Whereas me, at like 10 years old, when I first saw it, didn't like it much. I appreciate it a lot more as an adult now. Because I can see the underlying themes that I didn't see when I was 10. Like a lot of this film... Is, is social commentary on, on the homeless and what was going on in the 80s. And, you know, as, as far as that one, especially in, like, New York City, not, not so much, you know, corrupt government officials keeping toxic waste in the sewers, although that that could have been very much a thing. I, I don't know. This might be not written down on paper somewhere. But the, the fact that they're, they're, they're discarded human beings and, and, of course, you know, living underground... And I I, I love that aspect of it, that Daniel Stern is, like, this kooky guy who happens to be friends with, like, the chief of police, who, in the opening frame of the film, you find out later on that that was his wife and his dog that got abducted by the Chuds. And this is why he's so hot on the case. Every time he said, Bosh! Bosh! I love him. Every time he said, Bosh. And for, for some reason, Daniel Stern just said, very intense. Very dirty all the time, and... He just wanted to happen what happened, and not not just regular hobos. Those underground hobos are going missing, man, and he he, he needs some help. And and the the John Hurt is a, a, a photographer who takes nude fragrance ads by day and has a side job as an investigative uh, journalist checking out the hobos and such. And and um, like I said, the characters in this film, I, I think I could have done without Kim Greist, especially you know all the little side stuff. She's like, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. I was like, yeah, that's so '80s, just to have like this little time filler in there. We need to talk. Yeah, <laughs> especially with this film could have been like, now. This film could have been 77 minutes without that shit, and I would have been totally just as satisfied as I am right now. Although you had to establish Kim Grease's character, of course, because you get that great scene where she's um, hilariously cuts off a Chud's mecha head. With a samurai sword they happen to have in, in their their apartment, and cuts his head right off, and that's pretty awesome. And um, but the film itself, like like I said, this is probably the most the the biggest one that brings the social commentary out of all three of these films. And that's not something that that really, unless you really dig into Chud, you think what would be said about a film like Chud. But but I I think that you know the the fact that the government is behind all of this. But much like, I love films like this, I love, I, love, I hate to say that the Superior Blob movie, which is the remake that you got a couple of years later, where you take that, 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 that government hack that somebody, well, in the Blob's case, the Blob was man-made, but this was this was made by man too. And you guys brought the point earlier, should, should you pay to the chuds? Yes, you should pay to the chuds, because the chuds didn't have to be that way. They, they were turned into the chuds by, by, uh, uh, by a force that, that was not their own, they, they they were they were stuck in there and they got infected by this this disgusting toxic waste and
5: by the contamination hazard urban disposal.
3: Yes, and they, they were uh, they were affected by this and they became something that wasn't themselves. Which are these these creatures that, like X said, they look awesome even today. It's a it, these are from '84 and even even today they look awesome with the gl- glowing eyes and the hands look really good which is hard to pull off in a movie like this because there's so many times where if you watch some of these old movies where they show like the hands like attached to the thing and they look really shitty these creatures look pretty fucking great and, and the the budget was only like a million and a quarter or something so they they, they got a lot of much like Wolfen they got a lot of stuff by out of the great cityscapes in this movie I couldn't tell you I'm not from New York where they filmed this shit but, yeah, and they 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 uh they got a lot of good stuff out of that. They got a lot of great stuff out of their lead actors. John Hurd, Daniel Stern. I forget the actor's name that played Bosch, but he was pretty intense. Christopher Curry is the guy that played Bosch in the movie. From Grand Robins, Michigan, apparently. <laughs> but he's been a lot of stuff, you know, and if you look at you look at his IMDb, But, um, you get a lot of great stuff. I love the part where, uh, <laughs> where, uh, the, the Rev, the great, the great Daniel Stern, is is showing showing the government stooges what he found down in the sewer. And they're like, Oh, we're under press with you, King of the Hobos. uh By the way, where'd you find that shit? They just show their cards really easily. You know, and I, I love the fact that they have, like, government stooge that follows him. I'm gonna make this phone call. Like, no, you're not, motherfucker. I have, I have, a, I have a polo shirt, and I don't give a fuck. You know, oh... Chud's good all around, but like I said, a lot of folks who saw Chud 2 first probably wouldn't like Chud, the first Chud all that much, but I think they should, it deserves a second look if you saw it early in your life, You'd pre, you, 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 you could put it on a plate, you, you, you'll, you'll appreciate it more, okay? You know, it's you'll a,
2: enjoy it more. You'll
3: enjoy it more, yes. <laughs> so, if, if Chud's anything, it's the generic beef stew that that inhabited Repo Man because if you put it on a plate, you'll enjoy it more, okay? So re- re-watch it, okay? I hear there's a kick-ass Arrow Blu-ray that I don't own that is shameful because there's a whole second version of this film that I have never seen on that that, that Arrow Blu-ray, and I, uh, I got to check that out. So,
4: yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, Any final thoughts on Chud before we move on to the ratings? I have one thing to say, and this is she's uncredited, but she is in this movie. Um, one of my favorite porn actresses from the 80s Kelly Nichols plays I think like a screaming spectator something like that <laughs> doesn't get any credit but she's in there you can see her um, she is clothed but you, you could definitely see her and that's the kind of information that I bring to any kind of show that I'm on just so you know if you're thinking wow we should have on as a guest probably no you shouldn't because this is the kind of shit that I know oh that's a lie
3: <laughs> as as a note, IMDB is pretty much on point. if, if you like this movie, you you, you you may or may not like Chud 2, the stuff, street trash, chopping ball, deadly spawn, terror vision, basket case, night of the creeps, waxwork, brain damage and pumpkinhead. They're right about most of those movies as me, except not and, so, not, not and so much Waxwork
4: General Hospital. What now? And Supergirls do General Hospital. You'll like that too. Oh, absolutely. If you're a Kelly Nichols fan,
5: City Slickers (laughs) for Daniel Stern. Yes,
2: indeed.
4: (laughs) (laughs) All right. If there's nothing else, let's move on to the ratings. Mike, what do you think?
5: All right. Um, I'm going to give this a seven and a half. It's, It's, I like it, it's solid. Um, it doesn't quite hit that upper es- escalon for me. Um, it's it's right hovering kind of under that. Uh, I, I think uh, if for anyone listening that has never seen it and just heard a lot of people talk about it, try to go into it blind um, with as little info as possible because I think this is one of those movies that uh, while it is solid, it's probably been hyped up a lot um, over the years as something that it isn't quite and that – that could affect your your expectations and your viewing experience. So, um, yeah, it's kind of for me, it's in that like uh, that lower upper tier of movies. It, it's it's B movie goodness, but uh, that's about where it stays for me. So, seven and a half.
2: Right
4: on. What do you say, Gary?
3: I, I think it's a perfect film for for the time it came out. And uh, I, I still, I well, I didn't like it so, much, like I said, didn't like it so much back then. But I, I, I appreciate it a lot more now. It just, and for that reason, the fact that it has that replay value that'll, that'll turn you back onto a film that you didn't like so much before. I'm right there with Mike with that seven and a half. It's not perfect, but it's still. Uh, I, I think it keeps you in, you in it well, way better than Wolfen does, and it does it in like 90 minutes. So you got to appreciate that too. You know, yay, chuds. You were not uh-huh. the wrong party in this, people. You know.
4: As for me, I don't know what the hell's going on tonight because I'm agreeing with Mike on pretty much everything that's coming out of his mouth. I'm going to give it a seven and a half also. And that's fun because Mike and I usually are diametrically opposed <laughs> for <laughs> movies. So, yeah. Looks it like, looks like, you know, seven, seven and a half all around for Chud. Um again that's awesome we'll be back here in a second and we'll be talking about uh well the future is now in Delta City
0: once there was a show called the not so evil episode sidecast
4: it was a long
3: name Batman no one can ever remember they released 25 episodes of
5: brilliant
3: film criticism and like that he's
0: gone
5: now six months later we're back! I didn't know we were gone. We've got a brand new name, new movies to review, but the same old attitude.
4: Foul language and obscure references?
5: Count me in! Each episode, we pick a topic, watch four movies related to that topic, then bicker amongst ourselves to decide which film is the best.
2: We're the Theme Warriors!
5: Join Iris, Jeffrey X. Martin, Doug Tilly, and myself for Theme, theme Warriors. Warriors. Four people, four movies, one dynamite show. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher and the Horophilia Network of Podcasts, as well as the Legion Podcast Network.
4: That's the theme, Warriors! Don't want to sleep no more! Who are you,
1: people? Get the best of both worlds: the fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer, onboard computer-assisted memory, and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you, RoboCop. This guy is really good. Eh?
2: He's not a guy; he's a machine. Old Detroit has a cancer. Ah!
6: cancer is crime let the woman go you are
2: under arrest you you better back up pal your move creep what are your prime
5: directives
6: you have the right to remain silent you have the right to an attorney anything you say may be used against you
1: cyborg you idiot We recorded every word you said
2: you dead. we
1: killed you his memory is admissible
2: as evidence
0: we are gonna have to kill it get out of
2: the car for god's sake
0: robocop the future of law enforcement
3: RoboCop, our final film from 1987. case you didn't know, here is the plot synopsis of RoboCop. In a dystopic and crime-ridden Detroit, old Detroit, that is, a terminally wounded cop returns to the force as a powerful cyborg haunted by submerged memories. It uh, stars Peter Weller as Officer Alex Murphy, slash RoboCop, Nancy Allen as Officer Ann Lewis, his partner, Dan O'Harely as... The old man, as they call him, who is the boss of The Bot, the number one guy at OCP. Er, Ronnie Cox as Dick Jones, the number two guy at OCP, apparently. Uh, Kurtwood Smith as Clarence J. Boddicker. The great late Miguel Ferrer as Bob Morton. The number three guy. The number three guy at OCP, apparently, yes, indeed. You get a great group of baddies. Ray Wise is is Leon Nash. Paul McCrane, who who I've watched on ER all those years and talked about this film every time I've seen him since then plays Emile, and there's some other great character actors that I probably haven't mentioned, but this is directed by the great and pervy Paul Verhoeven, and, um, yeah, what the fuck do you say about RoboCop that hasn't been said already? It's, it's another one of those great sleazy films about, you know, corporations just taking over everything, including your body when you die. I, I don't know what, what line that, that, that that Alex Murphy signed to say, yep, I'm going to donate my body to science, but I'm sure it was somewhere in his his Delta City Police Department contract, you know, to say, hey, if I die, or get brutally d- tore up, because this, the scene, still pretty fucking gross when he gets fucking destroyed by the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Bad. I've never seen a hand explode in any other film but this movie, and it, <laughs> it, it still looks pretty fucking great. But I'm really excited to talk about this film, but I'm going to stick it to somebody else first. X, what do you think of RoboCop? Do I even need to ask, sir?
4: Well, right. But I do want to say that I think RoboCop has more politically overt um, script elements than Chud does, because we're dealing with gentrification here. We're, we've got OCP. OCP, this giant fucking conglomerate, not only do they own the cops... But they're going to rebuild Detroit and turn it into Delta City, this beautiful, just futuristic, Logan's Run-looking kind of place. I think there's like a water—you you just like there's no cars. It's just a water slide. You just take a water slide to work. If that's that's how the the, the billboard looks, so it's about tearing down not just ghettos, but. There's there's history in those old neighborhoods. There's architecture that we don't see anymore, and to replace that with that, where everything just, you know, it looks like a fucking McDonald's ball pit, you know, that's horrible. So I think that's addressed in this film. The media is certainly addressed in this film and lampooned from hell to breakfast. Yes. So that's great. I think this was maybe only the second film that I saw that had fake commercials. Yeah, and I laughed. Laughed my ass off. I, I was like Kentucky Fried Movie, and then years later, RoboCop did it all too, and just to great effect.
3: What is it? Li- Libya is invading my border, or something like that. <laughs> yes,
4: that's it. No more foreign aid. Games about nuclear war, car commercials for cars that get horrible gas mileage, and just you know, the what was it? The SUX three thousand. Yes, or something like so five thousand. Cool. So great. And then there's a scene later where this guy takes the mayor's office hostage and that's one of his demands. He wants the SUX 3000. So fucking funny that it just loops around like that. So the media is lampooned, gentrification is addressed, police brutality is addressed, inner city crime is addressed. I I mean, this just pulls everything together and it's just kind of barely under that that science fiction blanket description. I mean, yeah, you got robots and you've got Robocop and yeah, he eats baby food, whatever. That's funny, but there's a lot of shit going on in this movie. And I think it was the perfect movie to come out during the Reagan administration because fuck that guy a lot. Don't care if he's dead. He was horrible. Um, so with that in mind, particularly with our current, uh, Political situation. Maybe this is the most excellent of all times to revisit RoboCop. I kind of love it. We we have it. it also it it, it, it also um, traumatized my wife when she first saw it.
3: <laughs> we having hard
4: times, Denny. I tell you what, man. <laughs> Delta City needs a police force that I can depend on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> How did this happen? How did this become a thing? Because
3: I pulled, I pulled your <laughs> See, X, if you guys didn't know i I've seen X up close. There's a little yeah. string on his back, and it's called this Dusty Road string. Where if you pull the string, you know, it, it, he starts going in Dusty Roads mode, and it's kind of magical. So it's a, so I, I I enabled him. See,
4: pull the string. You say the words Rick Flair, and I don't shut up for ten minutes. It's awful.
3: Yeah. Oh my God. Mike, what do you think, sir?
5: RoboCop, man, what hasn't been said about this movie? It's incredible. Uh, It's hyper violent. I think it might have been my introduction to uh, Paul Verhoeven. It's either this or Total Recall. I can't remember which one came out first or which one I actually saw first. RoboCop Uh, came out first. Okay, yeah, it's it's excellent. I always I remember the video game Terminator versus RoboCop and uh i loved i love robocop in that video game i don't even know why i brought that video game up just robocop from childhood it the hyper violence was something new to me at that age um kind of like the dark comedy aspect with your action movie was something new when i saw this movie um the commentary which i was too young at the time to really understand that part but you you kind of felt like something more was being said i was just too young to really pick up on it uh peter weller nancy allen excellent um the the uh the cast of the bad guys the, the henchmen uh li- this is a legendary lineup of henchmen um peter weller getting destroyed like you said officer murphy the hand goes bye-bye and then when he he holds the hand up and Blood's just leaking, and then uh, he gets destroyed some more. The Ed 209 scene when he goes haywire and doesn't listen to commands, that was just brutal as hell. Uh, That was something that as a kid you would rewind and watch like 50 times before continuing on with the rest of the movie. Oh, man. Um, This felt like, yeah, to me this is one of those benchmarks of childhood Seen seeing this at a much too young age and I probably should have been watching it, but um it it definitely sent me on the path towards seeking out more movies like this. Uh I actually think Robocop two is not that bad. Um the third one I'm gonna ignore from existence. And there was a TV show, wasn't there? Yeah,
4: Prime Directives was the T V show. Yeah. Canadian content.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> canadian content alert you should have like an alarm for that <laughs> alarm that goes off um you had a cartoon series too <clears throat> oh yeah. yeah and then there was the my robocop remake if you remember that
3: i don't remember that no
4: oh man oh that's amazing
5: but, Were but, they...
3: but we did we did just get cop and a half to with started lou diamond phillips so that that's uh <laughs> that's out now so you're welcome <laughs>
5: yeah check out my robocop remake though it's it's uh different people they remake the movie scene by scene but everybody gets a different i think it's like 30 seconds worth of movie so you know the entire movie is done up completely different in each scene everyone's different adaption of it. it's it's, it's incredible it's available for free online um but th- this movie it's it's great it's I could watch it anytime it's a movie I could throw on or have it just be on TV and you end up watching the rest of it because it's just so damn good. Um, I want to say this might be the, my introduction to Nancy Allen because I was too young to have seen Carrie first came out. Um, and any movie she did after that. So it was probably either this or poltergeist three that introduced me to Nancy Allen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, she was
4: too young to fall in love, and you were too young to know.
5: <laughs> and uh, no, I have not seen the remake, so I have no idea about anything to do with that. Yeah, I'm going to touch but, on
3: that because let me tell you, the remake is it's not really a remake. They, they have a lot. They have the same names. Uh, Lewis is is um, a black a black male actor, which is uh, the act. I forget the actor's name, but he's, he he plays Chalky White on. Uh, Boardwalk Empire if you watch that show.
5: Oh, okay, yeah. I know who that is. Uh, Michael Keynes, um, your
3: corporate stooge. You know, it's it's not it's not really a remake. It's more like a um a reimagining. And it doesn't suck. And it, it like when people you know, people that say it sucked to the folks that didn't see it. I'm not saying it's like a star your 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 echelon. Go watch it right now, but it's definitely watchable. Okay?
5: But does it have a scene of someone getting covered in toxic waste?
2: No, it does not. Aw, oh,
5: okay. Get well, away yeah. from
2: me, man! Get away from me! Help <laughs> oh, <boo. laughs> me!
5: Yeah, um, yeah. this movie's legendary. It, it belongs on a pedestal.
4: Uh, yes, uh, it, yes, it does. Or at least its own recharging chair.
5: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
4: I think in the echelon
3: of, you know, pot, you know, assertive, you know, strong female action heroes, Nancy Allen didn't do a whole lot of that, but she did a whole lot of it as, as Ann Lewis, and I think she deserves to be up there with, with, with Ripley and, you know, pe- people of that nature, you know, because she's, from, from the beginning, when she hits the screen, she's beating the fuck out of bad guys in the police station while, while she's chewing her bubblegum, and, you know, that, that's probably the most girly thing about her, is the bubblegum and the her delightful short curly hair, which I normally don't like on a girl, but you know, it's, it looks good on her. And uh, so I think, as far as that goes, she she deserves to be up there in, in the more you know the more assertive you know female action heroes that she does in this movie. Uh, the, the, as the film goes, like I said, just throws the just lays his politics right on the floor. You know, it just it has it all over the place in the news, in the boardroom. Everywhere and like the scene Mike mentioned with Ed Two O Nine, it was so wonderful when when normal folks who didn't seek out that bootleg Comic Con to got to watch the unrated cut of this film. Mm-hmm. You just got to see that guy get turned into fucking hamburger meat by Ed Two O Nine, you know, and it's pretty gross because they he doesn't shooting.
5: Everyone in this movie, besides Peter Weller and Nancy Allen's characters, is like a sleaze ball in their own way, mm-hmm. which is. Which is it's it's great it almost it works to the benefit of the movie because I guess when everyone else is dying around them you're not you're not really all that beat up over it. No. It's almost like you, you have your preferences of who you like, but when they when certain people do go you're just like,, eh, you know they probably had it coming.
3: yeah, I think uh, one of the biggest um <laughs> things in especially is police brutality, a lot of the police brutality was uh was done by RoboCop in this movie because he just was just beating the tar out of people with, yeah. with, with, with no fully reference of, I know these are all it's like Arnold says, I know but they were all bad and true lies they, they were all bad but there's there certain police procedurals that doesn't involve you throwing them through cooler cases and you know uh, in, intentionally uh, endangering the lives of uh, uh, a woman in a blonde, uh, really bad blonde wig to, to get your perp he <laughs> shot him in the dick and it was hilarious but still he could, he could she could have moved or something you know targeting system could have been off whatever this this, this is robocop we're talking about it, it's a 1987 arguably one of the best years for film in the past 40 years in my opinion and if, if you look it up you, you'll see that i'm not crazy i think that 87 was a great year for film
5: i work for dick jones
3: oh so great yeah, I, lo- I love that RoboCop has, was built by corporate stooges, and he, you find that out how how true it is when they say, "Hey, you can't you can't harm an executive," you know, the, of that hidden objective four, which just cripples the poor bastard, so they can send their urban pacification robot after him because that's all Ed Two Hundred Nine was built for, was to yep. b- blast people out of their homes in the ghetto. That's all he was built for. And his only enemy, his only enemy apparently is stairs because he doesn't like them and he can't walk down them.
5: Yeah, and he makes video game doom noises.
3: Yes, and it's hilarious.
5: Uh, or a velociraptor. Yes,
3: either. yes, velociraptor noises, yes. Before we, most of us knew what velociraptors were. He, he kicks his legs to and fro like a child and that's funny. Uh, I I love the, 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 the origin of of Mr. Murphy during, He's this rich guy going very arrogantly to the ghetto to say, you know, I'm, I'm this hotshot cop, yada, yada, yada. It's like, yeah, but you haven't seen nothing yet because, like, on the second day or first day of the job, you get near death to where you're turned into a fucking robocop by corporate stooges. And uh bad, bad guys were superb in this film. You couldn't have picked four better guys to play these roles. Even the Asian guy, who doesn't say much, but, you know, they, they, they all... Mesh together so well, especially uh, our my friend uh, Red Foreman, Kurtwood Smith, Clarence J. Boddicker, who who is just amazing as as your lead your lead Betty. Every every time I I even even the first time you see him, or they're trying to drive away with the, with the, the the loot and uh, the whole idea where their friend's wounded, like let's get rid of some of this dead weight so we can go faster can you fly, Bobby? I love the line, can you fly, Bobby? And, you know, he just throws him through the window or the part where he's just, or the part where they're going to the blow factory and he, he's talking to the guy he's like, ah, what's the line, something about we'll stick so much, you'll stick so much money up your ass, you'll be, you'll be blowing up, up your stupid wop ass, I'm sorry, you'll be blowing <laughs> s- snow for a year or some shit like that. <laughs> something like that. And then, of course, he 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 really lo- loosens the mood. I'm gonna tap my desk here just because. It's like, come on, the Tigers are playing tonight, And I never miss a game. I love that line. I love any line that he says pretty much because it's so fluid. And he's such an asshole. You can't you can't wait for him to die in a way, but you you want to make him live forever because he's just that kind of that kind of great bad guy in a film. And um, I I don't like the way that they changed. The, the, your traditional crown vixen and Ford Tauruses in this movie because that's really stupid you know it's like of course your Ford Taurus is going to bottom out it's a shitty ass vehicle an impractical vehicle for a cop car but um th- th- there you go and uh who, who else is really great D- Dan, o- Dan O'Harely who doesn't do much but anybody who's seen Halloween 3 knows he's pretty amazing you know and, and he plays corporate stooge in that movie but he wants to kill children Mm-hmm. Where in this movie, they just want to move folks out of their homes so they can build condominiums and such. Oh and.
5: Dick, you're fired.
3: Yes. Thank you. So this movie is essentially rent without the aids. Although there's probably some aids in there somewhere. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it does much singing, but I, I need... Maybe I need that in my life. If somebody makes a rent with RoboCop and made a musical out of it and... My god, that's like the best idea in the world. Somebody get on that. I'm a terrible writer, you know, but somebody can do that. And this is a film, a fictional character, to where they only, I think, the only like second time this happened with the Rocky statue in Philadelphia, which they took down and put back up again, where they commissioned and, and actively pursued building a Robocop statue in Detroit. And it happened, you know. I don't know where the statue is. I couldn't tell you if it's in old Detroit or in, in new Detroit or whatever's going on, but this 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 is the the the, the fans love for this film that you know it put it, I'm not saying it put Detroit on the map, but it definitely kept Detroit alive all these years. The the people's love for, for RoboCop in my opinion. But yeah, rent RoboCop musical needs to happen. Just, you know, just think about that, okay? mm Mhm.
4: Five hundred, <laughs> twenty-five thousand, six hundred bullets. Yes. Lay, lay, lay down,
3: X, lay down. <laughs> uh, i would put it to put the mic and ask if there's anything else he wants to say about RoboCop.
5: Oh, man. I I would assume that most of your listeners have seen it, so there's not really much else to say uh, to this listener base. Um but uh yeah i just i love it it's it's a way up there for me so yeah i mean shit they've all probably seen it or watch it again that's all i can say <laughs> uh cool x
4: yeah there's there's no bad time to watch robocop and there's nothing bad that you can say about it it's it's fucking robocop beautiful
3: yeah it's it's brutal it's 80s it's hyper violent it's got robo dudes in it and bad guys and unnecessary amounts of buckets of blood in some people's opinion not in this guy's opinion but for all those reasons robocop is is top of the pops in the 80s and i think that it's one of the better films as as an action fan and like like i like mike said i probably watch it at a way inappropriate time than i want than i was supposed to because yeah <laughs> but um but uh, I guess we'll go straight to our ratings now. Mike, what do you give a 1 to
5: 10, sir? Uh, an 11.
3: It's a rock and roll creation.
5: <laughs> yeah, man. This this movie's about as perfect as you can get. Uh, if if you if you know the concept and seen the trailer and I haven't seen the movie, this movie delivers everything those things promise and more. So, I mean, I don't know... I can't think of any flaws in this movie. I mean, the only thing I was thinking, like, the last time I watched it was uh, maybe, like, when he glitches out and has memories of the family, that kind of goes nowhere. I mean, they just kind of threw it in there just to say, hey, look, he still has old memories. But it's not like they take that on too much after that initial scene where he drives by his old neighborhood but other than that i think I mean, it was
3: necessary because it, it was just to say that, that their system was flawed and those memories were still there because yeah the the, 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 mean, the human aspect of them was still there a bit
5: yeah it, it's it's there it's not there for no reason it's just kind of like i don't uh, they don't really go anywhere but does it really need to I don't know it, it that's like a really really minor nitpicky I was really just searching for something to say oh if they cut that out of the movie I don't think it would make a difference but you know th- other than that I find no flaws in this movie at all so uh, I'll give it a 10
3: now the second one where you get Robocop uh, you know stalking said Mrs. Murphy that that was a little creepy but you know this not so yeah. much you know <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, that's where they picked that up. That's where you get the robo-lawsuit. Yes.
3: <laughs> robo Robo in the house, kind of like Hyder in the house with Gary Busey and Mimi Rogers, you know. But Oh, my God. Wow. I, I got a Robocop in my house, y'all. He keeps looking through our windows, you know. Creepy. And it was good, X. What do you think, sir? One to ten.
4: I think it's amazing that no one has mentioned the score by Basil Polidorus yet, because I think it's his best one. I think it's better than his score for Conan the Barbarian. It's better than Conan, get over it. It's better than Conan, damn it. It's definitely better than Free Willy, so. (laughs) That's not saying much. You know, come on (laughs) I love, it's a, yeah, yeah, this is an 11, of course. These ratings go to 11, and this one's an 11. (laughs) Oh my God!
3: Uh Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna give it an 11 as well, and uh, it's 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 pretty great. You know, Robocop is it, it's it's a perfect film. There, there's not a part where it, where it sla where it slows down at all. You know, it leads you right into that 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 perfect uh, that perfect 80s ending where you know it has, it has the stinger. You know, what what do they call you? Call me Murphy. Like he re- realizes <laughs> who who he is, and he. he Credits Yeah after the bloodshed and I think it's just it starts perfectly and ends perfectly. So yeah, it's it's an eleven. But um with that, we're gonna come back and we're gonna close out the show.
2: Yay!
0: Broadcasting from the Cursed Earth, the Psycho Semanticast. Let us face without panic the reality of our time. The fact that atom bombs may someday be dropped on our cities. And let us prepare for survival by understanding the weapon that threatens us. To have a, uh, an ignorant, uh,
2: thin-skinned megalomaniac uh, who sends off uh, you know, Twitters at 3 a.m. if somebody angered him.
5: The neo-Nazis turning up in Washington, D.C. to have a
0: rally saying, Heil Trump. We talk about politics.
1: I knew I couldn't trust you corporate greaseballs!
0: We talk about movies.
1: You can't come down here and arrest people just because
4: of what they look like. Are you crazy? Uh-oh. But that's police harassment.
0: We talk about political movies.
3: We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. They're all around us and we never knew them. You can
4: only see them with these special glasses.
0: The Psycho-Semanticast.
4: Hey, you like podcasts about food?
6: Well, how about change?
4: Boy, howdy, are you in (laughs)
6: love? I'm Cootie.
4: My name is X, and you might know us from the wildly successful Kiss the Goat podcast.
2: But when we're not drinking fine white wine and helling Satan, we're watching animal attack movies.
4: Holes in the ozone layer. Giant rodents. Packs of wild creatures roaming the streets in search of the most dangerous prey. Humanity. Join us and a special guest animal expert. I'm going to have your help, Inspector Bad grabowski (laughs) <laughs> Hi, I'm Allison. I've tried a lot of stuff. You never smashed an ant and smelled it? Every other Thursday on The Food Chain, where nature runs amok and mankind is always on the menu.
2: That's The Food Chain, exclusively on the Legion Podcast Network. Animal attack, bitches! Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hello, folks, and welcome to the end of another great Beach podcast, and I'm going to put it to Mike, and he could tell the folks where they could find his stuff.
5: All right, so, uh, Evil Episodes, we just recently returned. Um, it was kind of like a hybrid episode, since there was so much stuff over, like, the month or two the show was gone. We kind of just did a quick catch-up and did some Masters of Horror, which we are quickly approaching the end of we have four more episodes until we're done with that series wow. so yeah check that out uh, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's, it definitely makes a bag
3: <laughs> you're, you're, you're not going into fear itself are you
5: I, I believe we are <laughs>
2: uh,
5: I don't I, I know I watched fear itself but I don't really have much memories of the actual episodes themselves I, I remember the intro pretty well. But I don't remember the episodes themselves very well, so maybe as I'm watching them, it'll jog my memory. Um, hopefully for the better, but who knows?
3: <laughs> you guys, did, you guys did make it through all the tales and dark sides, and that's there's a lot more of those, and some of those are just atrocious. So yeah,
5: not not to mention most of the best episodes are in the first two seasons. So it's like the back half of the retrospective was the hard, like the really hard part. Well, if, um, you, if you
3: did it, if you did a Tales from the Crypt one, you'd have the same exact problem. So it's just yeah, those those first um, few seasons and like anything past that is just there's I, some I'm good still, ones. There's some good ones littered in there. It's just there's not a whole lot of great ones littered in there.
5: I'm still scratching my head how Tales from the Dark Side ended on the the wrestling episode. If you remember that one, no. where like like the the mock Hulk Hogan was like battling wrestlers from hell. It was ridiculous. Like we, we not were, only we was we
3: were just talking about how Twilight Zone, when we were <laughs> off the air, ended on the Bewitching Pool, which is a terrible yeah. episode about children who hate their parents and they go drown themselves in a the swimming pool to go to some old lady, some creepy old lady's house, and in and, 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 and Never Land somewhere, you know?
5: Wow, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's that uh, theme warriors. Uh, the, I do that one with X as well as Doug Tilly and Iris. Uh, The latest episode is Movies That Take Place Underwater, so that's been out about a week, week and a half, and we'll be recording again this month in a couple weeks. Uh, What else? Um, I do Rad Radio the 80s podcast. We're about five episodes into that. We just recorded another episode, so check that out. Uh, Cut to the Chase with Dan Chase. And various people, whoever we get to show up uh, episode to episode, it's kind of like a just get on Skype and BS. Like We'll we'll have a few topics going in, but other than that, we kind of just improvise as we go. And uh, I'll be appearing on my latest guest appearances coming up this Tuesday on the Slice and Dice Dreadcast where we're talking Child's Play 1 and 2. So look for that. I'm assuming this episode will be out by the time that one's out, so check it out.
3: Be a lot of talk about Jenny Agutter's sweaters in that movie. She doesn't show any <laughs> movies, you
5: know. <laughs> yeah.
3: A covered Jenny Agutter is not a very good Jenny Agutter,
4: okay?
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Man, oh man. X. Deep breath. <laughs> you can find me on Kiss the Goat. Um the podcast that I host with my wife, Cootie. It's all about devil movies from the 1950s up until now. And by all means, check out our new show, the food chain, which is all about animal attack movies, nature running amuck, amok, amok, and yes. things like that. That's very um, good. It's, <laughs> there's been some fun stuff on there. Um, probably by the time this one comes out, our next episode is going to be for the movie slugs with Mark ball as our special guest animal expert, so, that's a lot of fun. Um, like Mike said, you can find me on the Theme Warriors. You can find me right here on Cinema Beef. You can find me uh, just anywhere, pretty much, because I'll show up on your podcast, whether you want me to or not. Um, I'll be on Hail Ming soon, the Hail Ming Power Hour. Um, I did a f- commentary with Fancy and Friends. I've done some other stuff, um, which, you know, I'm young. I need the money, so I do a lot of weird things. <laughs> You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can buy my books on Amazon. You can just go ahead and send me cash. That's probably easier. Um, DM me for my address if you'd like to do that. Fair I enough. I don't think I missed anything. Did I miss anything? I don't think I missed
3: anything. <laughs> oh my god. You can find myself, Suzanne, Willis, Noody, Sometimes X, and some other folk on 2 Venom commentaries and this show, which you can both find on LegionPodcast.com where. Other great podcasts are not sold; just given to you for free by our awesome admin, Bo Rensdale, and uh um, yeah. Also, Sloppy—I'm like downplaying this so much. Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast, is back. Probably right around the time this show comes out, the new episode will be out with a brand new co-host, Tim Gross, where we cover the Gate Two Trespassers, and I, I read off the screen and I sound really wooden. And I might not do that anymore because I sounded so wooden. So I apologize ahead of time. But um, it was fun writing it, you know. <laughs> it's really hard for me to read off the screen. But anyway, that, that's that's behind the scenes shit you guys don't give a fuck about. But guess what? Next episode? Guess who's back? Jamie's back. Back. Again? back again, yes. Jamie's back. Nice. Tell a friend. She'll be back in the next episode, guys. And I'm very excited about having her back. And I think we... Have something set up now once I bring it to her attention that this is what we want to do. A regular recording schedule to work around her crazy, I'm working, third shift schedule. And it makes me excited because we can get more content out to you guys. But we also be joined by Vanessa McHenry of the VD Clinic Podcast. Where we're going to talk about some back to school stuff. With election and teaching Mrs. Tingle that's right some obsessions are coming out people I love you some assertive women and that's uh, my favorite ones in that tingle movie man she makes her parts tingle if you know what I'm saying but um that'll be next episode for some podcast uh, hey, we just gonna
4: start his own femdom podcast here in a mm-hmm. few months yep exactly just be like all Helen Mirren
3: <laughs> all Helen Mirren all the time she got naked <laughs> in a lot of things that I haven't seen so I gotta, I gotta check these out you know
4: yeah I got a couple of them for you too
3: it's like we, we watched, uh, long ago on an episode of The Bird and the Bear, we watched the prime of Miss Jean Brody, and all I could talk about was Dame Maggie Smith's sweater puppies throughout the whole thing, because they were ample back in the day. And uh, that's, that's legit. That's legit, man. Um, Twitter at GW, Twitter at Cinema Beef Cast if you want to follow me on there. Uh, what else is going what? on? I, oh, I, I don't know when this is coming out, but I recorded an episode with Darren of the psycho semantic podcast where we shit on charter schools and talked about over over the edge with with the young Matt Dillon and other kids in that movie just doing drugs, getting shot by police. But uh that that's a great movie you never seen it before. And uh Yeah, that, that's that's about it. If uh I will be at um Flashback weekend this this upcoming Saturday, which is uh I think is the premier horror convention for chicagoland i I like going to days of the dead and they've announced some pretty cool guests for November for that show but i'll be uh... collecting some stuff hopefully for the 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 fleas and flicks auction uh, winter edition which is coming soon we raised about seven hundred bucks last time for for the dogs and the cats and such so hopefully you guys could all join us again uh... this is a big Nightmare on Elm Street shows, so if you guys have any requests of me to get anybody, you know, just, uh, I'll post it to the Facebook group as well, but, yeah, a lot of guests there, and hopefully they'll, they'll be, uh, generous with, with their giving, so you guys can bid on those great items. Um, yeah, that's about it right now, but, um, I will leave that with you guys, and I will say, as always, here at the Sin Beef Podcast, if you've got beef, I've got the grinder. Well oh, we've got the grinder. I'm tired, guys, I'm sorry,
5: you know,
4: there is a grinder.
3: There is a grinder, and it is it, it is filled with people nightly.
5: Hoagies and grinders.
3: Old people. Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> Please don't start crying, you, you X. Were say
5: that.
3: <laughs> Please, X, don't stop crying. All right, we'll see you all next time.
2: Mother
6: was an incubator. Father was the contents of a test tube in the icebox in the factory of birth. My name is 905 and I've just become alive. I'm the as populator. But the My childhood passed me by If I speak without emotion Then you know the reason why I didn't in the universe Spread into my mind That's my
4: in the dusty roads for like no fucking reason. It was yeah, great. Yeah, daddy. Yes, some daddy. hobos. Hobos in the city, baby. <laughs> Living in the food on the ground.
3: <laughs> they got open wounds. And you oh. want some guns to kill the kill the kill the bigger mm.
4: hobos. They're putting hard times on the homeless people.
5: <laughs> Way down in the dirty south we got the hobos. <laughs> well, Let me tell you, daddy
3: I can just see him doing like the the Michael P.S.A.s, uh, like hand flipping motion thing. You know, he's getting.
4: <laughs>
2: oh my god! Oh my god! But whatever, okay. you're ready,
3: X. Just let us know.
4: Okay? Jesus, well, I gotta pull
3: it up on IMDb real quick. Okay.
2: Uh, okay. I whatever. Told, whatever. I told
3: whatever. Those underground hobos not like to eat those sartines. Oh, like them
4: they. hobos. They, Tell they, you they, what, baby.
3: They contaminated. I said, to eat the spam <laughs> sealed. It's a.
4: Uh, They've been eating some toxic waste, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah okay let's roll okay.